This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, We're doing a solo pod today. Uh, Joey uh, is not here. Uh, He had finals this week, so he couldn't make it. He'll be back next week for Championship Week. Uh, Kira should make it back for Championship Week next week as well. Unfortunately, Kira's dad passed away last week. So, uh, you know, obviously a super sad situation for her. Uh, she's doing okay. Uh, but, you know, obviously any prayers and thoughts and all that, uh, if you know, they could be sent her way and her dad's way, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, so so hopefully, uh, you know, her family's doing okay. And, you know, we, we send our best wishes, uh, you know, in, in her, her direction and her family's direction in this time. So, uh, I hope everybody's doing okay after last, last night, uh, uh, Thursday night football was, it was a big matchup. Obviously a lot of, a lot of, uh, fantasy players involved. Uh, Damian Williams went off. Um, a lot of people started Justin Jackson as well. And he, he had a good game, almost had that second touchdown. Uh, if Phillip Rivers were, were able to hit him, uh, on that wheel route, uh, kind of overthrew him there, but he, you know, he would have had a big day as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes almost had that you know, he kind of underperformed, but he almost had that rushing touchdown. Well, he did have the rushing touchdown, but they didn't call it a touchdown. Uh, the Chiefs just were like, you know what, we're, we're, we're so close. And they ran it in with Damian Williams, uh, and he got his second touchdown. So he had a huge day. I uh, hope he started those two and, you know, you kind of working your way into Saturday. Remember, there are two games on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, set your lineups uh, before kickoff. Um who else? Travis Kelsey. You know, he came through. I mean, if you're in a PPR league, you know, you're not mad at it, but it wasn't, you know, to, up to Travis Kelsey's standards. If it was if it was any other tight end, you're, you're happy, obviously. Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, didn't have a great game either. Uh, so you kind of, you know, I don't think it was the injury that limited him. Uh, I think the Chargers played him very well. I mean, it's a tough matchup. Obviously, he killed them, uh, you know, earlier this season. I think it was week one where he just completely went batshit against them. Uh, you know, obviously, that kind of stuff is, is, is hard to do twice. Uh, in one season, especially when, you know, teams kind of know, you know, team teams know, like if you went off against them, it's, it's tough to do it again, uh, the following time in the same division. And then you got uh, Keenan Allen, he gave you that goose egg. I mean, you know, he, he had a, a target in the in the end zone, he actually ended up catching that ball, but he, he ended up out of bounds, his hip hit out of bounds, but also his hip got hurt. He came back in the game for one play, and then, you know, he couldn't stay in the game. So he had to leave the game. Uh, and he gave you that goose egg. So if you're going into tomorrow with Keenan Allen, you know, hopefully, you know, your other guys can step it up and, and make up for that zero. But obviously Keenan Allen, you know, you're used to some big points from him, uh, and going into it with a zero from him is, is obviously tough, but you know, hopefully your team can come through. You never know. You never know what can happen this weekend. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's a little bit of news that we should probably get into. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, OBJ is going to be out this week for the second straight week. Obviously, sucks, but at least we're at least we're finding out a little bit early, um, you know, so that if we have any potential players that we can plug in for the Saturday games, we can do that. 
Evan Ingram, he gets a little bit of a bump, but it's a super tough matchup against Tennessee. They've been stout against tight ends all year, so I'm not like super excited about that. Uh, same with Sterling Shepard. He didn't even really get volume last week when Odell missed. Um, he is he has upside. You know, he's like a, he has wide receiver two upside, but I wouldn't really play him anything as anything more than a wide receiver four. If they do get around the the end zone, though, we know that he he is a favorite to be targeted. Uh, but remember, Tennessee's a tough tough defense. Um, then we have uh, Elijah McGuire uh, being going to be the guy for the most part the rest of the way. Isaiah Crowell has been placed on IR. So if McGuire is available in your waiver wire, I would go ahead and pick him up just because you know you might not need him this week. But what if one of your running backs get hurt this week and you move on to next week and you need a guy? Um, you know He might not be available on waivers next week if he's available in your league. Uh, not only that, but if that type of thing happens to your opponent, the opponent needs a running back, you have him on your roster, you're kind of blocking your opponent uh, from, from making that move. Uh, and, you know, they're up, they're, the Jets are going up against the Packers uh, at home the following week. So, you know, it's not the worst matchup in the world, but it's not a, you know, a great matchup. But it's definitely a playable matchup if you need him. Um, Rashad Penny is out, so it's a little bit of an upgrade to Chris Carson. He probably gets, a you know, a few more snaps without him in there. So, you know, Mike Davis obviously gets a bit of an upgrade, but, you know, it's, t- it's kind of tough to throw Davis in your lineup championship week, uh, especially as the 1B. Uh, on Johnson's out this week again. James Conner got in a limited practice. Uh, it's possible that he does play. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to be a game-time decision. If he does play, if he's active, I'm going to play him, right? I mean, there's just no other way around it. I'm not going to play Jalen Samuels. Because, you know, you're kind of counting on an aggravation for Connor to be out. You, you might not know if Connor's going to be on a snap count. And even if it's reported that he's going to be a snap count, who really knows? We've had these type of reports before. And I'm just going to go ahead and play play Connor if he's inactive. I'm only going to play Samuels if if Connor is inactive in this game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton didn't practice all week. That's obviously concerning. He didn't even practice in a limited fashion. So uh, I'm going into this game. You know, hopefully he plays, but I need a backup option. Uh, if he's active, I'm definitely playing him. He's been absolutely killing it, um, you know, over the past like five, six games. Um, Xavier Howard is going to be out. He's doubtful for this game, so most likely he'll be out. Uh, but Stefan Diggs gets a huge upgrade. Not that you weren't thinking about playing Diggs. Well, hopefully you weren't. Um, he has been underperforming a little bit, but, you know, if you're trying to decide between him and somebody else, I think this should be the tiebreaker. Um, he, he's definitely going get, to get a boost, and it's going to be a good matchup without Xavier Howard in there. Uh, that's pretty much it, like, as far as news goes. So let's go ahead and get into the matchups. Um, let, let, we're going to talk about starts, desperate starts, and temporary expectations and sits. If, if this is the first time you've listened, uh, you're listening to this podcast Again, if you're listening, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's get into it. Uh, a few starts. Uh, Lamar Miller. Uh, last week, he saved his day with a touchdown, and he didn't do much on the ground. He had 14 carries, still caught 5 of 6, though. Uh, ended up coming through in PPR leagues. He's getting closer to 20 touches more often than not, um, and and the Jets have been taking, been taking advantage of running backs, uh, get, getting taken advantage by running backs more often than not. Um, so the volume has a good chance of coming this week. With Houston's defense most likely controlling this game, uh, you know the Jets have allowed 5.9 yards per carry over the last three games, and are one of the six teams who have allowed 300 carries against them. So the volume should be there for Lamar Miller this week. Uh, another guy who is a pretty much a volume play is Nick Chubb. Uh, tough matchup this week against Denver, but I, like I said, he should get volume. The Browns 
They went away from the run game for whatever reason last week against Carolina, but I think a trend we can now see is how involved he has been in the passing game. Uh, At least three catches in each of the last four games, uh, and because of that, his floor remains kind of high in PPR leagues. He had 17 touches in all games except one since Carlos Hyde was traded. So that type of volume is tough to bench uh, when the matchup isn't terrible. Um, uh, Denver, you know, they've, they've gotten much better against the run as of late. But I think with volume, he'll be fine. Um, especially, you know, he seems to find the end zone every single week. Um, now, Denver hasn't given up too many touchdowns to running backs. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, is Chubb going to get that touchdown that he's been doing every week? Or is Denver going to stop him? So, uh, Chubb has been, has been doing well. So, I'm going to continue playing him. Philip Lindsay, obviously, you know, I, it doesn't really need to be stated that you need to start him. He did have an inefficient week last week. And I don't know if people are really putting him in that upper echelon, you know, right now. They're like, oh, should I start him? And it's like, yes, yes, start him. Um, obviously, like, you know, he's not, people are still asking me questions like whether they should start Lindsay or this guy. And I'm like, just, just start him, you know. Um, I think he should maintain uh, that production that he's had uh, in Cleveland. Um, this week, he's had six touchdowns over the past four weeks since the Broncos by, so it's not really a question. Uh, Dalvin Cook, it's possible that the OC change that they had brings uh, Cook's touches uh, Cook's touches up a little bit, only because there's not much room for it to go down. Uh, there's no doubt that Minnesota's offensive line has issues, but Cook should be able to make things happen in the passing game like he has uh, in most games this season. Um now, if the running game doesn't go that go, you know, his way, like he has that passing production uh, to kind of keep his floor relatively high. Um, Miami, they've given up the fourth most rushing yards this year. Yeah, Sony Michelle couldn't get it done last week, um, but I'm not using just that matchup as you know uh, the end all be all uh, for you know upcoming matchups against the Dolphins. I think Cook's volume in the passing game has been encouraging over the last two weeks. Ten, seven targets. Uh, he's seen at least three receptions in each game. Uh, you know, this season he should be viewed as a high-end RB two this week uh, instead of RB one because of the volatility of that of those touches. But seventeen and eighteen touches over the last two games is is very encouraging. Uh, Joe Mixon, twenty plus touches in two of the last three games, has a great matchup at home against Oakland this week. Uh, the Raiders have all of a sudden found a way to stay competitive, right against the Chiefs, the Steelers. Over the past two weeks, now they were at home. This week, it'll be in, in uh, I think, yeah, it's in Cincinnati this week. Uh, the Bengals, uh, they shouldn't have to completely abandon the run against the Raiders team, giving up the second most rushing yards this year. So Mixon should be in your lineup. Uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, going back to the well. You know, not getting cute. You know, Fournette definitely had an off game last week, but I'm not going to let that one game affect his status for this week. Um, he was almost averaging 27 touches per game. In the three games prior, uh, and that was without the second half of that third game. Uh, teams have really been able to rack up value volume against the Redskins over the last four weeks. All right, so Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, 14 carries for 170 yards in one half. Josh Adams went 20 for 85. Zeke went 26 for 121, and we're talking about carries here, not touches. Uh, and Lamar Miller, 20 for 86. And even Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith, if you combine them, they went. 100, they went for 148 rushing yards on 23 carries. And that game was like before these other guys that I just mentioned did their thing. Um, and But by the way, like Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith, that was their most volume combined uh, over the last six weeks. So yeah, Fournette, Fournette, his game is volume and it looks like he's going to get it this week. Um, if Matt Breed is inactive, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a pretty good start. 
Now he's going up against the same Seattle defense he went up against a couple weeks ago, and he killed it against them. Uh, except this time he'll be at home. Um, Dalvin Cook probably could have had a better game last week with more volume, better play calling. Uh, but their run defense had a chance of improving with Michael Kendricks back on the field last week. Now Kendricks broke his leg in that game, though, so he's out for the season. Uh, Seattle is allowing more than five yards per carry for the season. That hasn't let up lately. So, you know, he's a great start this week. Um, in the passing game, he's shown that he's capable. They've The Seattle has allowed the second most receiving yards to running backs in the last four weeks. It seems like anyone can run behind this offensive line uh, and in this Kyle Shanahan outside zone run scheme. So I'll be firing Wilson up as an RB2. He gets a bump in PPR. Uh, he played on 86% of snaps last week. Super encouraging. Opportunity isn't a concern uh, if Matt Breida is out. Uh, Jalen Samuels, obviously, if Connor can't go, James Connor, uh, Samuels should be in your lineup, especially in this matchup. Uh, Samuels was in on 80% of snaps last week with Connor out. That, that's that's elite uh, level um, of, of running back snaps. Uh, and, you know, his involvement in the passing game is obviously a big reason why uh, he's almost a must play in PPR leagues. The Patriots have given up the sixth most receiving yards to running backs, 4.9 yards per carry on the ground for the season, uh, 7.3 yards per carry over the last three weeks, and that's the most in that span. Uh, so, you know, obviously you're going to have to wait to see whether Connor is active or not. He's, he's been limited this week, um, but, you know, the coaches did say that he can go without a full practice. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, we haven't seen Cooks upside since before the Rams buy, but he's a must-start wide receiver too this week against Philly at home. Their secondary is straight toast right now. Um, they've given up the most points to wide receivers on the perimeter over the course of the season, over the last eight weeks, over the last four weeks. So, like, he's in. He's underwhelmed a little bit, you know, in the past couple of weeks, but before that he was killing it. So he's, he's in my lineups this week for sure. You'll probably start Julian Edelman, but, you know, if you're in a non-PPR league or a half-PPR league, you know, he might be on the fringe um, with other guys you have, potentially. But he's been killing it in, in really, most formats. Um, and in this matchup, it's pretty damn good. So I would start him in any format. He, Pittsburgh has been giving up a ton of fantasy points to slot wide receivers all year long, despite how good Mike Hilton is. Um, it's just that they don't use Mike Hilton you know, in the in those man-to-man scenarios, as often to take advantage of those skills. So, Edelman should be in lineups regardless of scoring format. Like I said, uh, DJ Moore consistently seeing A plus targets over the last four weeks. I think he has a safe floor in PPR formats at this point. Uh, in addition to the upside that he presents, if you're in a standard or half point league, you're starting him simply for the upside. You know, obviously, if you need it, you know, if you need a safe floor in standard league, maybe you're not looking in his direction. Um, but James Winston couldn't get it done for the for his wide receivers last week, but I don't think it's a reason to move away from the matchup this week uh, for the Panthers. I think Moore can definitely take advantage of this matchup uh, in, you know, in those short to intermediate routes that he runs. The Saints have given up the most fantasy points on that left side of the perimeter where Moore lines up on a majority of his snaps. Uh, it's also where Marshawn Lattimore has lined up more over the last two games, uh, and he hasn't really been great in coverage this year. So I'm starting more as a wide receiver three. Uh, Allen Robinson, uh, he can get the Jair Alexander shadow this week, but it's not necessarily a matchup you need to stay away from. Um, Alexander, he shadowed Thielen and Julio and didn't really slow them down, um, although it's obviously a tough task for a rookie uh, to guard those guys. Um, 
Now, in coverage, Alexander has given up almost half a fantasy point per route run against him this year. So, if you do the math, there's definitely room for production against him. Uh, the Packers, as a whole, are a vulnerable secondary. They've given up the sixth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, the tenth most to slot wide receivers. Um, you know, Robinson's split, you know, between the outside and the slot is about 60 40. Um, so, I'm starting him as a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, that sort of range. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you know. He's continued to live in the slot even after A.J. Green got hurt. Uh, he did play some extra snaps outside last week. That was probably because he was trying to avoid one of the toughest slot matchups in the NFL going up against Desmond King uh, on the Chargers last week. Um, he still put up a decent day. Uh, Jeff Driscoll gave Boyd his highest yardage total two weeks ago against Denver since week eight. Um, so this week he has an advantage against Oakland, uh, who lost their nickel corner Leon Hall um, to IR. He'll be going up against rookie cornerback Nick Nelson, uh, who was really picked on by Ben Roethlisberger last week, targeting him on 23% of routes run against him. He, we saw the ridiculous game Juju was able to have last week. A lot of that was in the slot. So I'm going in uh, with Tyler Boyd this week uh, as a wide receiver three. Uh, okay, let's get into desperate starts. Elijah McGuire, I mentioned him. Isaiah Crowell has, you know, was seen in a walking boot on Tuesday, and now he was placed on IR. He seems to have aggravated his foot injury in last week's game, and because of it, Maguire ended up playing on 74% of snaps, saw 20 touches. It's a very, very tough matchup against Houston, but volume is volume, and since he's involved in the pass game, he probably ends up as an RB2 uh, with Crowell missing. You know, it, it remains to be seen whether he'll get that, you know, that type of, um, you know, usage moving forward now, now that they know Crowell isn't, is going to be out, but, you know, obviously... 74% of snaps is is uh, an endorsement for him. So, you know, obviously it's a tough matchup this week, and he's a pretty desperate option. Uh, Doug Martin, it's really about the matchup this week for him um, and the assured volume that he'll get. He had 18 and 16 carries over the last two weeks against, the, against Kansas City, against Pittsburgh, and we should see something similar this week in Cincinnati. Um, if the Raiders were able to stay competitive against the Chiefs and beat the Steelers, I think they should be able to keep the run game in play all game long against the Bengals. Over the last four weeks, Austin Eckler had some success with volume with a touchdown. Philip Lindsay had serious success with two touchdowns. Nick Chubb had success with a volume with volume with a touchdown. And even Gus Edwards scored his only touchdown of the year uh, against the Bengals. Um, I can keep going back if you want me to, but Martin has scored in each of the last three weeks himself, uh, and he'll look to make it four straight this week. All right, so Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, I think it, it was bound to happen. This is one of the most insecure backfields in the NFL. John Harbaugh and the Ravens' willingness to stick with Kenneth Dixon kind of reminds me of an unhealthy relationship after Dixon has proven that he can't stay healthy, uh, but they really like the kid. Um, now, it's possible that that changes, but I think either way, uh, Harbaugh said this past Monday that Dixon's role will grow moving forward. Um, it already has um, been taking... Like, a part, a huge chunk of Gus Edwards' work has been taken away already. Um, Dixon had eight carries to Edwards' 16 this past Sunday. Uh, the most important carry at the goal line was given to Dixon specifically. Edwards, he played on 44% of snaps. Dixon played on 32% of time. Montgomery played on 27%. Obviously, Montgomery doesn't help Dixon or Edwards. Um, kind of just limits both from a fantasy perspective. But moving forward, I think Dixon might be the preferred PPR player over Edwards since Gus isn't really involved whatsoever um, in the passing game. 
both can potentially get theirs, and Gus can even lead the team in carries next week. But just beware that his touches can go down while Dixon's goes up, uh, leaving Gus with only like 12 to 15 carries. If he's not the preferred option on the goal line, his value takes a real hit. He's a risky start, even with a good matchup in Week 15. Uh, Curtis Samuel, over the last two games, Samuel has averaged five catches on 9.5 targets for 84 yards. He's come through for fantasy purposes in five of the last six games. Uh, He had three touchdowns in that span. Cam Newton is playing through a shoulder injury. Samuel is kind of reaping the benefits with Greg Olson out too. Um, Matchup is tough for Ian Thomas. So I think we can expect Samuel to continue doing his thing against a defense giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the perimeter and the fourth most over the last four weeks. Um, And Samuel, he plays on the outside about 70% of the time. So I think he should stick to what he's doing and put up wide receiver three numbers again if he continues to get in the volume. Okay, uh, super desperate option here in PPR, Darren Sproles. He played most. He played the most snaps out of any Eagles running back last week against Dallas with 42% of snaps. Um, that can be a little bit higher this week against the Rams. Now, LA should be able to take advantage of the Eagles secondary, so Sproles should see touches in the pass game uh, while they're in comeback mode. The Rams have been pretty good against pass-catching running backs this year, so he's obviously a very desperate start in PPR. He did score in each of the last two weeks on limited touches, so if you're desperate in a PPR league, deep PPR league, put him in your lineup and pray. Okay, Derrick Henry, you know, he's hard to trust, obviously. Um, Lewis has outsnapped Henry all season long, including the last three weeks, even last week against the Jags. Um, but Henry has outtouched Lewis over the last three weeks, even with Lewis on the field more. Um, so after last week's game, he's averaging almost five yards per carry. If we assume 12 to 15 carries, you can kind of project like 60 rushing yards, 65 rushing yards, you know, 50% chance of scoring, I guess. He's still a low-end RB2 because there's no way to tell whether he'll actually see more than 11 carries. I mean, he hasn't seen more than 11 since week seven, uh, prior, you know, prior to last week's game. And then didn't see, uh, I think the last thing we saw 11 carries was week three. So I would bump Henry up just a little bit after last week's match, last week's you know performance. Um, he's a bit more playable, and hopefully he gets just more touches, more volume uh, to kind of you know sustain that production. Uh, Chris Ivory, super desperate option here. Lashawn McCoy, he's most likely missing this week. He's gonna Ivory should see fifteen plus touches. Ivory saw sixty four percent of snaps in week seven when Shady got hurt. Eighty one percent when Shady missed week three. So you're hoping for a touchdown against the Lions in what Vegas thinks might be the lowest scoring game of the week. Okay, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, he's finally got his groove back, but his targets still aren't consistently there. He had two touchdowns last week, but he caught one of them on one of his three catches on four targets. And the other was on a rushing attempt. 100 yards the week before that, seems like the team is, team is definitely trying to get him back involved. Um, but five or less targets in three of his last four games isn't really something to hang your hat on. Uh, but either way, uh, Landry doesn't have to worry about Chris Harris Jr. defending him in the slot this week. You know, he broke his leg. Um, and he's going to see Justin Simmons, who has moved into the slot um, after Harris's injury from his free safety position. So the Broncos have already given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks, even with Chris Harris in. They just don't play a ton of man-to-man, you know, for Chris Harris to, like, really take advantage of his skill set. But, you know, the Broncos have given up uh, the sixth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. 
and the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So I would take advantage of this matchup. Uh, another guy, Dante Pettis. He's come through in a big way over the last three weeks. Seven targets in each of these games. Four touchdowns over those three weeks as well. So, you know, it still happened for him last week with Marquise Goodwin back. Uh, touchdown, seven targets. Uh, now, remember, just keep in mind that Goodwin didn't play a full complement of snaps. So, as long as Pettis stays on the outside, though, I think it's a great matchup for him. The Seahawks have given up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Uh, if he lines up on that left side on a majority of his snaps like he did over the last three weeks, it's an even better matchup. The Seahawks have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side of the field, and we've seen his upside. So if you need a wide receiver three with that upside, I'm throwing him in my lineup. All right, Larry Fitz. Uh, it wasn't really good looking good for Larry in that first half. I think he had one target. Um, all of a sudden, he ended up with nine um, when he finished the game, but he ended up catching five of those for 55 yards, an okay day in PPR, I guess. Um, I wouldn't expect too much more. He hasn't crossed that 55-yard mark since week nine, uh, since his week nine bye. He's seen the end zone three times since that bye, so there's still a chance if you're desperate. Um, it's just that this offense isn't any good, so it's just tough to like really depend on anything here, any, any sort of consistency. Um, the Falcons have gotten a lot better against slot wide receivers since the beginning of the season, but... It's not really a, a tough matchup by any means. Uh, Cortland Sutton, super disappointing last week uh, when everybody was on him. Uh, he ended up playing on Richard Sherman's side you know, more than we wanted to. For whatever reason, they put him on Richard Sherman's side a, a ton more than he already was already playing. But anyway, he has a shot to bounce back this week. Uh, Denzel Ward is going to be out for this game. Ward would have shadowed Sutton, so it's definitely an upgrade. Um Cleveland has given up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Uh, they definitely improved as the season went on, but with Ward out, I think this is an exploitable matchup for Sutton, and the upside is there this week. Okay, Corey Davis, he's playable this week. Um, he's usually playable in decent matchups. There's no shutdown corner for the Giants, and they've been exposed here and there, so I think Davis has the upside he's shown this season. Um, I'll use him as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside, but I would really only play him. Since it's the playoffs, I'm really only playing him if I need that upside. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, it's not a tough matchup, but Cleveland has been pretty solid against slot wide receivers this year. Uh, he slid into Emmanuel Sanders' role. It's kind of where Case Keenum is most comfortable throwing to. He caught seven of nine targets for 47 yards and a touchdown last week, so he's obviously a lot more viable in PPR leagues. I would consider him like a low-end wide receiver three in PPR this week. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, he's been very consistent this year, uh, but his floor just isn't quite high enough for us to be happy on a weekly basis. Um, if you're good with a 10-point PPR floor, you might be in a deeper league. Uh, Sanu should be able to get it done for you in a good matchup for slot wide receivers against the Cardinals. It's possible he sees some extra targets if Matt Ryan doesn't want to test Patrick Peterson and you know target Julio Jones. Okay, uh, Randall Cobb, I haven't said his name for like 10 weeks, <laughs> but uh, Bryce Callahan, you know, the nickel corner for the for the Bears, uh, his season has ended with a broken foot, so the Bears have become weaker at that nickel position, so a slot corner like Randall Cobb can potentially take advantage. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia Sam Brown, uh, kind of underperforming, I mean, they're, they are rookies, right, but neither of them are quite capturing Aaron Rodgers' target share. Um, so Cobb is still the wide receiver with the most trust um, outside of Adams for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, last week, Cobb caught five of six for 43 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of the line we're hoping for if you're starting him this week. Um, I wouldn't start him outside of PPR leagues. He's a wide receiver four this week with some like wide receiver three upside. Uh, D.D. Westbrook. Now, it's, it's been very hard to figure out this Jags wide receiver core this year. But, you know, with Cody Kessler, different quarterback, you can potentially be hopeful that like one wide receiver can become his favorite. Um, we probably have to hold our breath here. But, and obviously I wouldn't start Westbrook with any sort of expectation. But if you're desperate... You can hope he builds on last week's uh, seven catch, ten target, eighty-eight yards, one touchdown performance. Pretty, pretty good right there. Um, and he has a great matchup this week. Washington has been hurting a nickel corner. Uh, Greg Stroman will likely continue defending that position. He's given up about half a fantasy point per run per route run against him. So I think Westbrook has a real advantage here. He's obviously a very desperate matchup based start. Uh, Josh Reynolds, if you need some upside, I think Reynolds has it this week against a Philadelphia secondary, obviously, who has been given, the, who's been the worst at giving up fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers all season long. Um, their secondary is just decimated with injuries, so Reynolds has some upside if you're looking for it. His floor is very low, so obviously not dependable, but if you're looking for the upside, he's a good play. Uh, Adam Humphreys, now they're going up against the Ravens, the Bucks are. Tough matchup, obviously, but I think their one vulnerability um, is defending the slot. They've given up the 12th most fantasy points over the last four games, 14th um, overall as far as fantasy points for the season to slot receivers. So, you know, with the perimeter somewhat locked down, it's possible that Jameis looks Humphreys way more often than usual. Um, I'm more willing to start him in PPR leagues than other formats, uh, including half-point leagues. All right, so here's some guys... I would temper my expectations on Aaron Jones. Obviously, tough matchup this week for Jones. Um, obviously, very hard to sit, though. Um, he matched his highest carry and touch count of the entire season in the Packers' first game without Mike McCarthy last week. Um, he was very efficient until he saw the Seahawks, Vikings, Cardinals. So he is a volume play against a Bears defense that held, ta- held Todd Gurley to 28 yards on 11 carries. But it's also possible that Aaron Rodgers tries to take this game into his own hands and, like, audibles out of every run play. Um, now, this game is in Chicago, so the concern is a little higher than usual. Saquon Barkley was able to be productive on 24 carries, Blunt on 19 carries, so it was it would be ideal for Jones to be able to rack up that type of volume, but you definitely have to temper your expectations this week, and I can, I can totally understand if you're trying to look for another option. Uh, Julio Jones, he's going to get Patrick Peterson this week, shadowing him. Uh, you have to lower your expectations when, when that happens. Peterson doesn't usually go into the slot, but Julio only spends around 20% of the time of his time in the slot, so there's a chance that Peterson shadows Julio on like 70% of his routes. So I'm not sitting him either way, but you kind of got to just like know what you're getting yourself into this week. Uh, Chris Carson, I mentioned that Rashad Penny uh, is out this week. Now, only one running back has gone above 69 yards against the 49ers, and that was when Melvin Gordon rushed for more than 100 yards in Week 4. The guy who ran for 69 was Chris Carson a couple weeks ago, um, and it was never really about the yardage for him, um, but it's always because he has a high chance of scoring, and, and that's been happening uh, pretty much all year all year long when he's been healthy. Um, now, the 49ers had done relatively well against the run, only allowing 4.1 yards per carry, uh, but this isn't a matchup that I'm going to bench Carson for if you've been rolling him out, especially with Penny out as well. 
Sony Michelle. Pittsburgh has been stout against the run. Uh, they only given up four yards per carry this year, 3.8 over the last three weeks. Michelle was only averaging 3.3 yards per carry over the last two weeks. One in a tough matchup, one not so tough last week against Miami. If you have running back depth, you might be looking for another option. Uh, this will be a high-scoring game with potential goal line looks. Um, so Michelle should get volume regardless, as he's seen it in almost every game that he's been completely healthy for since week four. Um but I think in this matchup, he's a kind of a touchdown-dependent volume play, uh, you know, RB kind of RB2-ish range. Uh, Josh Adams. Now, the Rams can be run on, but the chance that the Eagles are in this game in the second half, you know, and like, you know, and able to stay, stick with that run game, I don't think it's that high. I don't think the chance of that is that high. Josh Adams, you know, he had 20-plus carries against manageable offenses and defenses in the Giants and Redskins games. But, you know, seven carry games against Dallas twice. Uh, seven carries against New Orleans, against Jacksonville. You know, and then you have Darren Sproles who led the backfield with 42% of snaps last week. Um, and my guess is that it's going to be him, you know, not only being on the field more this week, but he might even have more touches while the Eagles are picking up the pace to try to make a comeback against the Rams in L.A. Um, I think Adams is a little bit hard to trust this week, especially when we try to think about the Rams, you know, going up big, taking advantage of that Eagles secondary, and, you know, they're at home, and this can easily turn into an, an ugly contest. Uh, Matt Breida, I'm tempering my expectations, even if he plays. Obviously, you, you, if he doesn't play, <laughs> you're not tempering expectations. But if he plays, I'm, I'm doing it because there have been too many occasions this year where Breida has come back early from an injury, you know, and he leaves the game prematurely, ruins your fantasy day. You know, his last instance of re-aggravation came in pregame warm-ups a few weeks ago. Unless Brita gets a full practice in or two, it'll be really hard for me to trust Brita. And I don't think he got he got a limited practice in on Thursday and no word on whether he got a full practice in on Friday or not. Not yet, at least. Uh, they're in the West Coast and I'm recording this around 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so, like, if he has a goose egg, it's obviously going to be tough to swallow, you know, when I'm trying to move on to championship week. So just, just keep an eye on that and just, you know, don't, I wouldn't risk it, honestly. Uh, James White, he hasn't scored over the last four weeks, which makes sense because of how many touchdowns he's scored over the earlier part of the season. Uh, regression always comes with overproduction on a certain amount of opportunities, and it's really in full gear right now. Now, that doesn't necessarily project forward, but the matchup doesn't really show that White will change that trend this week. The Steelers have given up the second least amount of receiving yards and receptions to running backs, and while White is an integral part of the Patriots' offense, he's not getting the time on the field as he once was with Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead in the mix. Um, he's still a PPR RB2 because of it, of that integral part um, that he plays on the offense, uh, but I don't think that he's a must-start you know, like he was earlier this season. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, he's touchdown dependent as he is all year long. His volume has been all kind of all over the place this season. Um, He's had 14 touches or less over the last three games. Um, and it's not really ideal going up against the Carolina defense, giving up only 4.2 yards per carry, 3.9 over the last three weeks. And then teams just don't really run against Carolina for whatever reason. So, uh, you know, the work in the passing game has been Ingram's saving grace uh, when it came to his floor in the past. But he's only had no, he's only had no more than two catches over the last four games. So not loving Ingram this week. But he obviously has the upside, so if you're shooting for that upside, he has that. Amari Cooper, 
Obviously tough to sit. You know, he's been the most productive wide receiver since being traded to the Cowboys. He has a tough test ahead of him this week in Indy. Uh, the Colts have been in the bottom half all across the field uh, as far as giving up fantasy points, whether it's in the perimeter or the slot. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was limited last week to only four for 36 and a touchdown. You know, the thing you can be hopeful for with Amari this week is that the Colts haven't really faced a ton of star wide receivers this year. Uh, so I'll be keeping him in my lineup if I don't really have another great option. Uh, I'm tempering Kenny Gallagher this week. His matchups have definitely been rough. It doesn't get better this week against Tredavious White. Um, he's been straight shut down this year. Doesn't really go into the slot now. So Gallagher has played a good percentage of his total snaps in the slot. So he can get away from White on about 40% of the time. You know, 40% of the time. So that's, that's a potential uh, opportunity there. For whatever reason, though, last week when they, when he went up against Patrick Peterson, who also doesn't go into the slot, he played more snaps outside. Like, I really don't understand. Like, he played less snaps in the slot than he did in the previous two games, even though Peterson doesn't follow into the slot. So, I, I don't really... I, it's head-scratching. I have no idea. Uh, but Galladay, I think he's a risky start this week. His target volume over the last three weeks haven't been, like, so good that he needed to be in lineups, and you're kind of just playing the volume regardless. Uh, but if you have a decent wide receiver 2 or high-end wide receiver 3 to start over him this week in a good matchup, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, tempering Robert Woods. I mean, he's been great this year, right? The Eagles, especially in PPR. Um, but the Eagles have been extremely stout against slot wide receivers despite their extremely banged-up secondary. Um, he does get some work outside, so he can still be productive. Um, but it's always hard to bet against him. So... You know, he's had that high floor all season long. I'm not going to be benching him this week in PPR leagues, especially. I'm assuming you don't have good options. You know, he'll be in my lineup. Uh, Josh Gordon will likely get a shadow from Joe Hayden this week. Joe Hayden has been pretty good, you know, on the low this year. Um, I think Gordon should get a downgrade. Uh, you know, the Steelers as a whole have been pretty good on the perimeter in addition to Hayden's coverage. So, you know, if you have other options, you might want to th- reconsider uh, Josh Gordon this week. Tyler Lockett, he's come through most weeks as a Seahawks number one, uh, but I just want to point out that, yes, like he'll seize Richard Sherman, but he might stay away from Richard Sherman 50% of the time or more. Um, he does run most of his perimeter routes on Sherman's side, but, you know, he's also in the slot a ton. He sees some sna- he sees some snaps on the other side of the field where Sherman does not line up. Even with Doug Baldwin back, that's what he's been doing. So I'm not really staying away from Lockett, um, you know, unless you have some volume play. Uh, who's better Uh, Mike Evans Chris Godwin I think both of these guys are still playable against the Ravens but you really have to temper your expectations obviously in Baltimore Uh, it's tough to sit Evans he can blow up in any game Uh, Godwin can easily be sat but he also has the ability to overcome the matchup Uh, I'm looking for another option if possible if I have Godwin uh, even if Deshaun Jackson is out the chances are you probably do so you might want to go in a different direction um, some sits, Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake, I mean, you can start Drake, but you're obviously shooting for only upside, so if you need that upside, sure, um, but, you know, in a game, uh, he was projected to get some volume in, volume in the pass game, like, at least last week against the Patriots, he only had one touch in the passing game, and it wasn't a catch, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was that lateral for that game-winning touchdown, so he only went above 10 touches once in the last five games, there's zero predictability in his fantasy production, uh, Minnesota hasn't been amazing against pass catcher running backs, so there's a glimmer of hope. 
Um, as far as Gore goes, he just hasn't seen enough volume lately. Uh, you know, in the past few games to consider him a start against this tough run defense. So those are guys I'm not touching. Uh, Marlon Mack, I don't think we can really trust Mack right now. Um, especially against one of the best run defense in the NFL, in the Cowboys. Um, no one has had more than 12 carries against the Cowboys since week 9. They're allowing only 3.4 yards per carry over the last 3 weeks uh, compared to their league best 3.6 that they've had for the year. Uh, Mac has seen around 15 touches in most games this year, but he's only averaged 3.62 yards per carry over the last 5 games. Uh, you know, granted, he's seen nothing but tough matchups aside from Miami in that span, but the matchup doesn't really get better this week, right? So, he's also, he's only had two touchdowns, um, hasn't seen more than two targets in the last five games. It's possible that they abandoned the run completely, uh, just using Naheem Hines in that short passing game to replace the run, um, which they've done in the past, so I really can't trust Mac this week. Uh, Adrian Peterson, another guy I can't trust. Derrick Henry had an amazing game last week against the Jaguars, obviously. Uh, but running backs have needed real volume to be productive against the Jags. Peterson hasn't seen that type of volume. What I mean by that is like close to 20 carries since week 10. And that offensive line since then is very, very hard to trust right now. Um, he took 10 carries for 16 yards last week. And outside of that 90-yard run, touchdown run that he had the week before, he took those other his other 8 carries for 8 yards. And he didn't even go above 100 yards that week. Um and the week before that, 12 for 35, so you kind of get the idea with him. Um, and that's really it. That's all I had. I'm just checking to see if any news came in since I started, and it doesn't look like it. Um, let's see. No, I don't think so. So anyway, uh, Matt Stafford is questionable, so that's something to keep an eye on uh, with Kenny Galladay. And if Stafford isn't in, uh, I'm sitting Galladay with that Patrick Peterson matchup. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So yeah, we're you know we're week fifteen. Fantasy football playoffs is in full go right now. Uh, so I wish you guys the best of luck. I hope all of you guys make it to the championship round, or maybe that's your semifinals. I don't know. Uh, but I hope you guys kill it this week. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy. Um, hit me up over there. Really, really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast today. Um, enjoy your weekend. If you can rate this podcast, uh, you know the highest possible rating that would be awesome uh if you could subscribe that would be even better uh but yeah really appreciate you guys have a great weekend hope you win this week and i'll see you guys next week